Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. everyone. Welcome to Encounter Church. Happy New Year, everyone. It's so good to see all of you this morning. And uh, all right, now you can see me. Okay. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, So glad you guys are here. My name is Jared. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter Church. And uh, it is a brand new year. I hope all of you guys uh, uh, had a great time last night celebrating the end of 2016. And I'm excited for the beginning of a new year. Um, You know, you guys are the faithful, okay? So uh, those who, who stay out late and then get up in the morning on Sunday for church the next day, I believe that there's a special blessing for you guys this year. So you got it this year, and those of your friends, you know who they are, so you can like text them even right now and be like, you're missing out on the blessing this year. Sorry, y'all. No, I, that, that's a joke in case I have any legalistic individuals in the room. Um, all right, so uh, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm excited for this month. We're beginning a brand new series uh, this month called Fueled, and this is something that I have uh, me and the team have put a lot of thought, a lot of time and effort into in prayer, just saying, God, what do you want for us out of this new year? What do you want for us? Because I believe that's the thing. I think what sets us apart in churches like us, apart from maybe other churches that maybe you've grown up with, is that, uh, and I don't mean this to sound arrogant or, or, or anything, I just, I believe that God is, is intimately involved in our lives. I believe he wants to be involved in our lives. And I believe that not only is he there and involved, but that he has plans for us and that he wants good things for us and that he cares for us. I believe that's what scripture teaches. And so as we were thinking about this year and what God wants for 2017, we always want to be intentional. It's one of the things we try to do here. And we wanted to say, God, what is it you want us to start with? How can we begin a year? And so this year, uh, we're going to start with this concept of fueled. And we want to start the year off right. Um, many of us, I think, find or feel that we are tired of the same old thing. We want, we want more this year. We want 2017 to be the, a better year than the last year was. And even if it was a good year, For some of us, maybe we want, we still want it to be the best year yet. That's what I tell my kids. I prayed for them last night. I prayed over each of my kids that that 2017 would be the best year yet of their lives. And I believe that for my life. I believe that for my marriage. I believe that for our church. And I believe that's what God wants, that he wants it to be the best year yet for us. And so the problem, though, for us is that we always start the new year off. As, as people, right? We want good things. We have all sorts of lofty goals and ideas. And what happens is we start off strong, but then we end up running out of gas and then those plans end up falling flat, right? How many of you have ever experienced that same thing in your life? Wow, I'm the only one? No, that's right. That's what I thought. Pretty much everybody has tried to move something and then ended up falling flat in, in our lives. And the same thing is true in our faith journey. I think, I think that most people go to church, they are a Christian, they want to be better about their faith, they want to grow. Nobody gets into the religion thing or the faith thing and says, I would like to just stay the way that I am forever. Everybody, I think, has a desire to become greater than themselves. They want to know God more. But the same thing happens to us. We start, we kind of put a plan into action, you know, and then and then we start moving, but then life gets busy and, and we fall flat. We run out of gas again, and, and what ends up happening is we fall back into our old habits. This is something that happens all the time. What we need is fuel. We need a consistent spiritual gas that will keep us moving ahead at a strong pace. Now, in Scripture, 
all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Spirit of God is, is talked about. And in the New Testament, it's called the Holy Spirit. And, and throughout Scripture, what we actually see is that, is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is not just an entity, but it is, a, it is a fuel for the engines of faith. And actually, in the New Testament particularly, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is talked about in a way that is an emphasis or an essential element to our faith. But, but what we find in our country, in America, is that we talk a lot about God the Father and we talk a lot about Jesus the Son, but we really don't talk about the Holy Spirit. And there's a variety of reasons for that. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But this message series is really all about exploring the person of the Holy Spirit and discovering the fuel that he provides for our lives, for our spiritual engines. If we want to grow, if we want the best out of our lives, if we want the most for what God has for us, and I believe, like I said, that he has great plans for us, if we want to tap into that and be able to finish the year stronger than we started the year, then we need that spiritual fuel in our life. And the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is the way to do that. Now, uh, we were mentioned earlier in our, in our announcements about this uh, theme for the month, Fueled for the Future. I just want to take a couple brief moments to tell you about what we're doing this month. I believe that this topic is so critical for our lives that we have actually curated and built uh, some activities around it to help us dig in deeper, to help us experience it in a safe and well-thought-out way. And so some of the things that we're doing this, this month, one of the first things we're doing is called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. This is something we did last year, and this, this may be new to some of you. For some of you, you've done it last year. I would encourage you to talk to each other. But 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, we're beginning the year off right by engaging in a pretty ancient Christian discipline of fasting. And what that is, is we're taking time to say, and traditionally it's food. And why is it food versus things like social media or music or whatever? The reason that food is the most common is because it is the most primal of, of needs that a human being has. And the purpose of fasting is to say, I'm going to deny myself this thing for a period of time. And what happens when we do that, it's not, it's not designed so that we, it's not like a pull on God's arm kind of a thing. When we say no to something and deny ourselves, we become completely focus on what we're, what, of, of our humanity. And we have no choice at that point but to focus our attention on who God is. And what happens is when we draw closer to God, his word becomes active in our lives. There's no magic formula to fasting. A lot of people think when I fast, that means I'm like bribing God to get what I want. But that's not the case. What we're doing in fasting is we're saying no to ourselves in a particular area. And then what happens is we're directing our attention during that time to God. And the Bible says that when we draw close to God, that he draws close to us. And then in his presence comes all sorts of breakthrough and, and, and blessing and, and life and all those things. You understand what I'm saying? We get closer to God through fasting, and because of that is why we receive those breakthroughs. Does that make sense? So what we're doing is there's going to be three kind of sessions of fasting this month. It begins this Wednesday. Every Wednesday of the week, of the month, it will begin. So the first one is this Wednesday, and it's just one day, one day of fasting. Then next week, it will begin on Wednesday again, and it's three days of fasting. And then the last week, it will begin on Wednesday, and we'll go for seven days of fasting. Now, I would encourage you to come along on this journey with us. 
We have provided prayer points for you as well outside of the Connection Center. We have weekly prayer points. You might recognize those because we used them last year. They're from Pastor Jeff Leake's book, Praying with Confidence. Incredible book. Encourage you to get it if you don't have it already. But we're providing those free prayer points for you. So all week long while you're fasting, while you're praying, use those. Declare them. They're right from Scripture. So if you've never fasted before, I would encourage you to start this week. Just start small. If you, you're not confident you can do a whole day without food, then I would pick one meal and take that time and set it apart for God. For some of you, God is calling you to stretch yourself and to join us with this. And if you have never done this and you have a question about it, talk to someone who has fasted myself or any other person in this congregation because I, they will tell you how it has impacted their life. And seven days is crazy. It's a lot. I did it for the first time last year and it was hard. But I will tell you that I grew so much closer to God, and it, it breaks something off of you too, you know? You begin to, you begin to experience something uh, at, a, at a different level because you're saying no to the things that you never thought you could. So I would encourage you to join us in fasting and prayer. It begins this Wednesday. And just be looking on Facebook. I'll have, like, Facebook Live stuff and just different posts to encourage you throughout the week. We're in this together. So let's use the hashtag fueled for the future as we talk about it this month. Another thing we're doing is Holy Spirit Week at APC. Allison Park Church, a, a partner church of ours, they actually planted us in the North Hills. Um, they're doing a practical teaching with Johannes Armritzer on uh, the 11th, 12th, and 13th at 7 o'clock. It's a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. I encourage you to go out to that practical teaching on the Holy Spirit just to kind of learn more and more than we're going to be able to kind of dive into necessarily on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's free. I encourage you to go out for that. Johannes is a great man of God who is uh, an evangelist all over the world. In fact, his organization, SOS, uh, is the organization our church is going to Madagascar with on the missions trip this summer. So you're going to hear it straight from him. And uh, God is using him incredibly. I encourage you to go Holy Spirit Week. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the 11th through the 13th. And then that Saturday, the 14th, is the Book of Acts training camp. We've been talking about this a little bit. This is a one-day intensive training to learn about how the disciples in the Book of Acts live their lives so differently than we do. And we see that, and it's this adventure, and we want that, but we don't know how to get it. And so this is a one-day training to learn how to live like the disciples in the book of Acts. It's going to be an incredible day. You will not be the same, I promise you. Our leadership team is going to this, and there are people from our church going, from this, going to this. I encourage you to sign up. It's $15 for a one-day thing. You register online, but if you have any questions, see me after church, and I will get you connected to it. You don't want to miss this. And then last but not least, I'm very excited about our sacred assembly. This is the first of its kind at Encounter Church. We will finish our 21 days of fasting and prayer on the 24th, and we're going to have our very first sacred assembly at 7 o'clock. It's going to be at Element Church in Millvale. And this is just a night, a special night of worship, teaching, and response. And the idea is we're setting ourselves apart, saying, God, here we are. Teach us. Show us what you want for this year, and we give ourselves to you. That's the point, the whole concept of the sacred assembly. It's going to be a very special night. So a lot of things coming up. We'll be talking about them. If you have questions about any of those things, please let us know. But fueled for the future, we believe God is going to use this month to set us on a launch pad for the rest of this year and into, the, into beyond. I'm so excited for it. All right, let's get started. Let's talk about this fuel that we were talking about. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And as we begin our exploration, I wanted to give you a quick, um, a quick illustration that I think will help us as we move through this whole message. So keep this in mind. I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is like chocolate milk, okay? 
like chocolate milk. You know, when you, when you pour a glass of chocolate milk at home, you pour the milk in the glass, and it's white, right? But then when you pour the chocolate syrup into the glass, you don't see it, right? It goes to the bottom, and it kind of sits down there, and it's there, right? It's there. No one denies that the, that, that the chocolate is at the bottom of the glass. You just don't see it, and it's not evident. But only when you begin to stir up the glass and the milk does the, the evidence of the chocolate begin to come. And then and only then does it taste like chocolate milk. Only then does it look like chocolate milk. Only then can it actually be chocolate milk. And the same thing is true of the Holy Spirit. This is the image I want you to just think about throughout the entire uh, service today. The Bible says that when we become a Christian, when we say yes to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is deposited into our hearts, into our lives. The difference is, is that many of us have not activated or stirred up the Holy Spirit in our lives, so it's not activated. We don't look like the Spirit of God. We don't act like the Spirit of God in its fullness, okay? That's kind of the concept that we're talking about today, is that every one of us has the Spirit of God living inside of us, but whether or not we tap into it, whether or not we, we are really getting the benefit of what it is inside of us, and that's what I want to talk about today. Now, Acts chapter 19, verses one and two, I think, is where we're going to start our journey today. I think this is going to be good. Acts 19, one and two. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, the apostle Paul, traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, I love this passage It's very encouraging to me because it shows no condemnation whatsoever for not having any idea about the Holy Spirit. Nothing. These guys were Christians, they were believers, and they were asked point blank by the Apostle Paul, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they're like, I don't know, I've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And I think many of us in the room feel the way that these guys did in the passage. You're like, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I've never really heard of him. Or perhaps some of you have said, I, I have heard about the Holy Spirit, but honestly, if I'm honest with you, I've really only heard negative things or, or the concept of the Holy Spirit is something I'm uncomfortable with. And I would say to you today that there is no condemnation for you, that, that there is no reason for you to, to feel badly or to feel pressured or to feel uncomfortable about something you just don't know or you've never heard about. I want to I validate the fact that maybe you have experienced churches or situations where the Holy Spirit has been on display in a way that seemed weird or uncomfortable to you. But I want what I want for us, and this is what I would say, is that everything here that we say is a starting point to conversation. That is, that is the way I believe my life. That's why I want our church to run. If you come to this church and you hear something that you're not sure about, you don't know what, what, I, what I mean by something, or you're maybe uncomfortable, maybe you don't even necessarily disagree with something, I encourage you to take it down to a relational level so that you can talk to someone about it. It doesn't have to be me, but if you talk to a friend and they're like, yeah, I'm not really sure, come talk to me. Talk to someone you respect who can, who can kind of dive in with this, okay? Because the whole point of learning something is we make come across something that rubs us in a way that we're not expecting, but that does not mean it is not true, because I believe that the entirety of God's word is true. So if we preach something that seems uncomfortable or different or rubs against my cultural values or my environment or what I expected to see or or something I believe, I think it's important for us to engage with that and wrestle with it to understand what God's intent was for it. And that's what I would say to you. What I would challenge you to consider, though, is that all throughout the Bible, 
All throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is everywhere. Everywhere. And not just there, but like I said earlier, it is taught to be an essential element of our faith. So this is what I would say. What I would like from most of this series, and my prayer, and I was praying this week as I was preparing the message, and I pray for all month long, is that we would all open our hearts and our minds to hear from God's word in the way that he intended it to be spoken. That's my prayer. That we would, that we would not hear it from my perspective or from your perspective, but that we would hear about his spirit from his perspective as we read the words. And I do the best that I can as I, as I study and to translate in the original language and learn about the culture and the context. And there's always translation involved, which is why there are differences of opinions. But my prayer for myself as well as you is that we would open our hearts to hear from God about this topic that might be uncomfortable for some of us. But I believe that God wants to do something powerful in our lives. Does that sound okay to you guys? Does that sound all right? I know that this is, this is a topic that might be a little, little scary for some of us, but I believe that God will take care of us. He loves us and will protect us in this space. But even Jesus, even Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, if you'd open your Bibles there or your smartphones or tablets in the Bible app, it'll also be on the screen. John 16, verse 5 through 8, and then we'll skip down to 13 and 14. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. I mean, I think most humans would be, right? My best friend Jesus is leaving me now. I'm concerned about where he's going. What, what's going on? No, why are you leaving? I'm sad. And he said, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. That word advocate there is the Greek word for paraclete, okay? It's the Greek word paraclete, which means uh, like counselor, guidance, um, comforter, the one who's coming, advocate, friend, right? That's the idea here. He says, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he has received from me. You see, Jesus is the one who sent the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that when Jesus says something, we should listen? And when Jesus tells us to do something, we should obey it? And when Jesus sends something, we should probably receive it. Jesus himself said that the Spirit is so important that he had to leave or else it wouldn't come. Why? What could possibly be that important, Jesus, that you couldn't do yourself, right? But here's the thing is that Jesus in his body was only one guy, one dude who could only be in one place at one time. He could only influence one space at a time. But by sending the Holy Spirit, who is also called the Spirit of Christ in other passages, he is now able to be all the places at all the time and influence an infinite number of spaces at one time. Do you understand the significance of that? The Spirit of God is an entity that is able to be in more than one place at a time. And while we worship Jesus, he's sitting on the throne. The Spirit of God is everywhere. And that's why he said it's so important because what Jesus brought to earth for every person for all time was not just possible with one man. It requires, it requires the Spirit to be everywhere and empowering everywhere. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead has been sent to deliver that same power to the lives of every person who believes in the name of Jesus. And so this is the big idea of today and kind of the fuel for this whole series, fuel, like the, the, the play on words there, 
is that this, write this down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit has been sent to be fuel our spiritual engines. The Holy Spirit has been sent to fuel our spiritual engines. We see it all throughout Scripture that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that we would be able to live lives that were not victim-filled, that were not to be powerless. Instead, we were to live a life of, of good things and authority and breakthrough. The Holy Spirit is the thing that makes us who we are. We could not even be Christians without the Holy Spirit, and I'll tell you about that in a second. It is the thing that, that is the beginning of our relationship. It's what allows us to do that. It's how we communicate with God. It's how we operate as Christians. And if you're a Christian, the Bible has already said that you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, whether you knew it or not. Think of the chocolate milk. So the real question is, what is it doing there? And what is his purpose? So I said the Holy Spirit has been sent to fuel the engines of our faith. What does that mean? In the last remaining minutes today, I just wanted to kind of give you three observations that I see from Scripture. Today I kind of titled this message, Holy Spirit 101. The idea is I just want to introduce someone to you that maybe you've never experienced or heard from, or at least give you the ability to reset your experience or understanding of who God is in the Holy Spirit from God's Word not from what you've seen from other people. This is what God has said. So fueled for what? Three quick observations. The first is this, fueled for ignition. Fueled for ignition. In Titus, the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, God washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. What that's saying there is that without the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. This thing that we prayed for, we said, Jesus, I believe in you. I give my life to you. Like, I want to follow you, right, when it says that. The Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is the thing that allows that to even be possible. How is that true? How is that possible? Because at the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us and performs a spiritual CPR on our souls. That's what it is. It's like a spiritual resuscitation. Like the Holy Spirit comes and puts paddles on our soul and goes, and, and, and shocks it, and we get reconnected to who he is. Now, there's a fancy theological term for this called, I don't know whether, re regeneration. It's called regeneration. The idea is that there was something that was dead. It was lifeless. It was, it was powerless. Our soul, every person, every human being who lives on this planet without a relationship with Jesus has no ability whatsoever to connect with God. But the Holy Spirit comes along when we believe and we place our faith in Christ. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes in and resuscitates, it re regenerates our soul and allows us to connect with our God, our Creator. And that is the beginning. The Holy Spirit is the beginning of our relationship with God. Without the Holy Spirit, there is nothing. It is ignition. It is the thing that starts the spiritual engine. Without it, we're only learning about faith. We're only learning about God. We're not experiencing anything personally. We cannot. We're not able to experience it or to allow it into us until we make that step. And the Holy Spirit is the catalyst, the thing that starts the engines of our faith. The second thing that we're fueled for is fueled for momentum. Fueled for momentum. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit controls, control your mind leads to life and to peace. You see, the Spirit of God has been sent to fuel our engines for daily living. 
this is what we talked about in the very beginning, that so many of us go through our lives, and we, especially in the new year, and we want things, like I want to lose weight, and I want to, I want to get better about how I treat my kids, and I want to focus on work, and I like to read these books, and all of these things that we want to do throughout the year, and we fall flat on them because we get busy, and we run out of gas, and the same thing is true in our spirit. And the reason for that is because we're not tapping into God's power, his fuel that is already inside of us. We're not stirring that chocolate milk inside of us to allow his spirit to give us the fuel that we need. Most of us, many of us feel like when we talk to God or when we think about praying or reading our Bible, it feels dry and it feels sort of like lifeless and boring and people leave the church or leave the faith and they go to other things trying to find it. But the reality is, is that when you actually stir up the presence of God in your life, the Holy Spirit, the spirit that lives inside of you, when you tap into it, you experience firsthand the presence of God, the living, alive presence of God in your life. And in that place is life. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. It's like an E.T. when you walk by and the flowers that were dead kind of come to life. This is what it's like in your spirit. When the Holy Spirit is near you, when the, when the, when the spirit of God is around when it's activated, it has no choice but to live. The presence of God is life. Jesus himself is life. He is the light of the world. So it is power for life. It is momentum. It's not just so we could get to heaven one day. The Holy Spirit is there to give us authority. It's there to give us breakthrough. It's there to encourage us, the paraclete, the advocate. He's on our side. And so we are fueled for that. The Holy Spirit is like gasoline. It's like gasoline that has been fused with two different things. One, cleaning chemicals, but also like a turbocharge. And there's two more sort of theological concepts. The first is sanctification. That's the cleaning. So imagine if we're an engine in our soul and we pour gasoline into it. The first thing that the Holy Spirit of the gasoline does is is to clean our system out. That's called sanctification. This is a theological term of one of the works of the Holy Spirit is that every day it's challenging us to be like Jesus. It's, it's taking out the corrosion. It's convicting our hearts of the things that are, that are bad for us, the nasty stuff of sin and habits and, 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 and chains and, and addictions and, and, and people that we spend time with that are toxic to us. The Holy Spirit is like a cleaning agent that is always cleaning our system out. It's a sanctifying process to where every day we become more like Jesus the more we allow his spirit to activate in our lives. But the second thing is it's not just a cleaning agent. It's also like a turbocharge. It gives us power and authority. It creates a desire for the things of God in our lives. And we begin to read his word. And as we do, we apply it to our lives. And we declare the things that are in the Bible is true. We declare them over our lives, our situations. The name of Jesus, we sang a song, is above every other name. Freedom is ours as we call on him. When we believe that, when we engage the Holy Spirit and say, help me to live a power-filled life, a freedom-filled life, we find that the chains of our lives fall off. We find that we have the ability to say no to the things that have held us down. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It makes us more like Jesus. It cleans out our system to give room for God, and then it fills it with a power to allow us to live lives victoriously. And I choose the word momentum here, fueled for momentum, because the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit has been sent that we would be, and these are quotes from Scripture, that we would be more than conquerors and to live a life abundantly, to live it to the fullest. This is Scripture. This is not Jared. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is the gospel. God has called us to live a life of victory, to conquer over death, to conquer over sin, to not be held captive. 
And I guess maybe an illustration that I would use is how many of you have ever seen the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Let me see your hands. Okay. In the movie, anytime there was an ailment, they would use Windex. Right? Let's see. I think we even have it right here. This is perfect. Put some Windex on it. In this case, what I would say is that this is the same application that the Bible prescribes for us, is that we need to apply the power of the Spirit of God in our situations. If you have a problem with a, with a coworker, if you have a financial problem, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict your heart of whatever part you had in that thing, and then you need to allow apply the Holy Spirit in faith that he can take care of it. You see what I'm saying? This Holy Spirit is the agent that lives inside of us that gives us the ability to have our lives be impacted. The Holy Spirit is literally the entity that is God's representative here to help us live the life of faith. It is built for momentum, fueled for momentum. And the last thing is that we are fueled for mission, fueled for mission. The Holy Spirit was not just come so that we could have connection to God. It was not just sent so that we would even be able to live victoriously. It was also sent with a purpose. Acts chapter 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Again, I didn't make up this word. The Bible makes it clear. This is what happened. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You see, Jesus was very clear about one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit. It was to empower us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It is the thing that lives inside of us that rages an engine. It's like pouring coal inside of the engine and it just a fire burns that we have to go out and it gives us boldness to witness, to tell people about Jesus. I would suggest to you this, and I know this might be a challenge for some of you. I would suggest that some of you have said to me, or I've heard in conversations, you say, you know, when I talk to people about, uh, about my faith, that, that they haven't so much said this, but I've seen that they'd stop just short of telling them specifically about Jesus. We're most comfortable with telling people, you know what, God loves you, or doing something nice for people, and those are all good things, but that does not get people to Jesus. What gets people to Jesus is at some point we have to say, listen, the thing that you need is Jesus. This thing that I have is Jesus. And the only way that we do that, that we can get over our fear or our uncomfortable nature, is to have the Spirit of God stirred up inside of us to where we feel empowered and boldness to do it. And that's why Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power to be my witnesses. It is fuel to be witnesses of Jesus to the world, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to build relationships with them. He knew, Jesus knew, that as Christians, we would be weak. Look at the disciples before Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came. They were cowards. They were afraid. They were powerless. But when they received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, their life changed. Everything changed. They had fire to do the ministry. God worked through them to do powerful miracles so that people would know that the message was true. And this is the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. It's the same thing is available to us today fueled for the mission. And it is the Spirit of God that draws men and women to him. But when we act in obedience and tell people about Jesus is when the power really examined, it really comes out and you can see it. The Holy Spirit has been sent to fuel our spiritual engines. So the three things, what is the Holy Spirit? We kind of talked about it today just real briefly about an introduction of the, who the Holy Spirit is. He was sent so that we could have ignition. The only way we get to heaven or to know Jesus, to have a connection with our creator is with the Holy Spirit. 
The second thing was that the Holy Spirit was sent to be fuel for our everyday life. We need to tap into that. And the third is that it gives us fuel for the mission as a church. And I believe that God wants to do some powerful things in our lives this year. So what are the next steps for us? How can we actually begin to apply these things? How can we apply these to our lives? How can we experience this principle? The principle of the Holy Spirit was sent to fuel our spiritual engines. We can experience it by this. Recognize that the Spirit lives inside of you and stir it up. So start thinking like the chocolate milk illustration. It's there, but we begin to stir it up as we say, God, I know that you've sent your spirit to give me life, to give me momentum, to give me uh, excitement and power for the mission. But I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to use it. I just want to know you. I welcome you. I want you to have your way in my life. That's what, so recognize that it's there because scripture teaches that it is. And then stir it up. Begin just saying, God, I want more of you. I want to learn more about your spirit. That's how you can begin to experience it. And that's just one small step. That's all we're saying. It's just take a step of faith with God. And if you want to explore more about this, if you'd like to learn more about these types of um, concepts, and we're going to be diving into a little bit more of this throughout the series this month, but here are some passages that you can begin to read and study on your own now, and I'd love to get coffee with you or lunch with you or dinner or something, sometime with you if you have questions. John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Read Acts chapter 2, like the whole chapter, and then 1 Corinthians 12. Those are a variety of passages of Scripture. There are a lot more, but those are some of the main ones that kind of introduce the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about him all month. I just want to give you some passages that you can explore through and begin to learn at your own pace. And, and, and I encourage you as you read them, do what I just said today. Like, just pray, God, help me to see what you're saying, not what other pastors, not even what Pastor Jared has said. Just let me hear from you about this Scripture. And then let God speak to you. He'll teach you. And finally, how can I express this? How can you and I begin to to actually live out this principle? What can I do to express that the Holy Spirit has been sent to be fuel for my spiritual engines? I encourage you to identify one person this week who is hurting and ask to pray for them. How is this related to what we're talking about? Remember that mission that we were talking about? The Holy Spirit is there. And his heart is for people who are hurting, people who are broken, people who need connection to God. But we oftentimes stop before we offer the thing that can be the most valuable to them because we're afraid or we don't feel like it's our place. But that's what the Holy Spirit is there for, is to fuel you, to give you a boldness. And so I wanted to think of what is one step, what's one thing tangible that we could do. And I thought, why don't each of us commit this week to identify one person in your life, somewhere, it could be a stranger or it could be a coworker or a friend or a family member who is hurting. Someone who just, and I believe that the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you do the first step about recognizing it and stirring it up, that he'll begin to speak to you and say, that person. And when you do that, I encourage you to just say, God, would you give me boldness? That boldness that your word says. Okay, again, we're declaring God's word. You said you'll give me power to witness So all I want to do is give me that power, God, so that I can say, hey, listen, can I pray for you? It seems like you're going through something. I just want to pray. So what what can I pray for you about? And you will see how God will use you more than you could ever do on your own, more than a nice, kind gift, more than a gift card could ever do, more than a ride somewhere. 
when you give someone the, the name of Jesus, the power of, when you speak over them, you pray God's word over them, when you pray that, the spirit of God is working through you. It's one easy way for you to express this principle today. Would you stand with me and pray with me as we close? I'd like to close today by asking two questions. What is it that God is saying to you today? I think for each person in the room, it's different. Every one of us comes from different places and different walks of life, different experiences, and all of them are real. All of them deserve validation. The thing that I love about the Word of God, it is timeless, it is constant, it speaks to every situation. It's never irrelevant or outdated. So I believe that whatever it is that God is speaking to you is timely for you. Perhaps he's challenging you to dive into his word more. Perhaps he's saying, I want great things for you this year, 2017. And I don't mean that to be vague. I mean, literally that God is saying to you, I want great things for you. For some of you, you're still, even after hearing this message today, you're still like, I'm not sure what I think. I don't, I'm, I'm comfortable hearing about the Holy Spirit. I believe maybe God is saying to you, just, just, just keep coming. Just keep listening. Not because of me. I want you to know that as your pastor, I pray this morning, God, I, I, I got so much to say and I, I'm worried I'm gonna screw it up. I need you, God, to, to speak through me. And that's what I want. That's what I want for all of us is to have an encounter with God. That's why we call this church Encounter Church because it doesn't matter what we do and how we learn about faith. If we don't have a real world encounter with the living God, it, what is it, what's it for? What does it matter? So what is it that God is saying to you today? And the second question is then what are you going to do about it? What steps are you planning to take? Think of one thing. Maybe it's just simply being obedient to the express thing I said earlier about taking a one person and and asking to pray for them. But maybe, maybe you were already going to do that. And maybe God is saying to you about the thing that he has spoken to you about. And he's saying, I want this from you. He's challenging you. Maybe he wants you to think of your own ideas. I don't know. But I think it's important for us every time we hear from the word of God is to respond to him. Respond to the word of God. So God, I just, I pray now myself, I know you're challenging me personally. Would you stir up your spirit in our lives? I, I welcome you. I welcome your presence in my life. I welcome your power in my life. I welcome your conviction, the conviction of sin that your word promises. Show me areas of my life that, that are missing the mark, areas that are holding me back from you. Give me boldness. Give me an excitement. I pray you would break my heart for the people that are hurting and lost that I have ignored or not even seen because my eyes aren't open. Give me an excitement and a boldness. And if that's your prayer, just join me in it. Just connect your heart to what I'm saying. I want more of you, God. I want 2017 to be a year marked as not just a prosperous year, not just as a, a fun year or a beneficial year, but I want it to be marked as, I want to look back at the end of the year and say, I put God first in my life. I, I did my best to walk in, in alignment with, with the way that you created life, with your principles. And I stand in faith that you will provide blessing, that you will protect me, that you will guide me. I ask that you will guide this church, that we would have a heart for you first, 
that we would take an honest look at our hearts and hear from your word. We would be challenged by it. We would apply it to our lives. Thank you for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today at Encounter. Happy New Year, everyone. I believe that this month is gonna be exciting. I know today probably felt a little bit, uh, maybe in some ways, a little bit like teaching oriented because it was sort of like an intro. Next week, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit and uh, it's gonna be really cool. So you'll see how it's all connected. You probably heard a lot of these things before and never seen how they're all really connected and I'm excited for it. So uh, newcomer lunch right after service today. If you're new and you'd like to come, please see me in the lobby. Otherwise, have a happy new year, everyone. Love you all and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.